Have you ever stopped to ponder, and, and we like to ask these big questions here on Blueprint, why are there so many fountains featuring little boys peeing? It's a big question and, and one that we're going to grapple with right now. There's a famous one, of course, in, in the streets of Brussels, the delightfully named Mannequin Piss. It's an extremely famous bronze statue, a little boy peeing into a basin. But where does that come from? Why is that uh, a, a motif which is so often repeated? Amy Boyington uh, can help us. She's an architectural historian, co-author of the paper The Problems of Meaning and Use of the Pura Mingans Motif in Fountain Design, 1400-1700. She joins us now. Amy, welcome. Hello, thank you very much. Now that expression, whose pronunciation I mangled <laughs> in your title... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pyramingans. What is that? Um, so the pyramingans motif. It's been used in art and sculpture and fountains um, for quite a few centuries, and it, use, it usually depicts a small boy aged about two or three, and he's normally urinating, and he can often be depicted as a cherub, a cupid, pato, or spiritello, as, as had the um, Italians say. And it often um, has many different meanings. So just to give you a few, um, sometimes uh, represent charity and abundance, fertility and fecundity, purity and cleansing, bacchanalia and abandonment, and, of course, humour, because they are quite funny to look at. That's quite a range. <laughs> <laughs> is it not? I mean, and, and I'm curious too as to how do we define which meaning is implied in these in these particular works? Yeah, so that can be quite tricky. So when I was doing this research, it, you have to look at the context in which they were commissioned. So who you know wanted this fountain to be built? At what time was it built? And you know where was the location? So for example, was it in a garden? Was it in a city? And then you can kind of work out what it might have meant. But you spoke about the mannequin piss, for example, in Brussels. So today, that's actually now kind of referred to as the symbol of Brussels. And it's a big tourist attraction because people love to go and see it. But its original meaning has kind of been lost to history because um, no one wrote down, oh, why, why are we going to create this little fountain with a little boy peeing into a basin? But there is one story that goes that it actually represents the infant Duke of Brabant. So it was commissioned in 1619. And this was sort of looking back into history because the Duke of uh, Brabant, who and he was alive in the 12th century, so that's you know, lots um, far into the past. And it is said, though, that he, whilst he was still in his cradle, this little boy um, inspired his troops to victory by a physical gesture of contempt. That is to say, by urinating. <laughs> so <laughs> he was sort of peeing in the face of his enemy. And as a result, in later, you know, in the 17th century, they decided that this would be a good symbol for Brussels at the time. It's wonderful to hear these stories because, I mean, on, on the face of it, a little boy peeing in a fountain, it's, it's <laughs> just a, a, a method of water delivery. Isn't yes, it? exactly. <laughs> it's bizarre. But there are other things that say that the mannequin piss actually was 
sort of commissioned as a just a very fashionable fountain because it was very popular at that time. So it might just as easily have been commissioned to represent the bountifulness of the city of Brussels or the prosperity of its people. Well, speaking of bountiful, I mean, that takes us to one of the earlier examples of this kind of form, and that's the the statue of Priapus in Pompeii. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Not a little boy. <laughs> no, so um, people often ask me, like, where does this sort of, you know, urinating boy come from? And the motif can sort of be traced back to the, uh, to antiquity, but um, different variations of it are found there. So, for example, as you mentioned, Priapus, it's, these are adult examples. So um, Priapus was found in the house of Betty in Pompeii, and there um, the, he's the god of fertility. And probably I'm going to be saying this, but he has a very large erect phallus um, with a hole running through, which obviously suggests to historians that it was once used as a fountain. And in this particular instance, the water flowing from um, Priapus's um, penis would certainly have been a symbolic of semen and therefore would have been a representation of power, prosperity, as well as virility and fertility of that family, which is kind of unusual, I guess. Well, then Pompeii was that kind of a place by, by all accounts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I knew. And there's actually another adult version called the Hercules Mingans. And so this is also found in antiquity, and there's a surviving fountain example located in the Archaeological Museum in Tunisia. And in that particular example, the hero Hercules, he's depicted completely drunk in the middle of peeing. And um, it's sort of meant to represent abandonment, you know, sort of humour and sort of just letting yourself go. And so it's said that this may have inspired the Puramingans motif, the children version of it, because children, you know, can ju- they just pee. They don't necessarily think about it or worry about it. So it's that abandonment and sort of pure of heart kind of vibe. Of course, urination is not a gendered activity. I mean, <laughs> any examples of little girls in fountains? Um, so not so much. I think there is a, a more modern version in... Oh, I can't remember. There's it, one of the ten cities in Europe, there is a modern version of a little girl squatting and peeing but that wasn't so much a fashionable motif in history so yeah less less of a less of a motif there when did the, the Peter Mingans motif when did that reach its its height of, of, of popularity and execution mm, so this was a very very popular um, and it reached the height of its popularity in the 16th and 17th centuries in Europe so during the Renaissance all the way through to the Baroque and then it really quite dramatically fell from favour in the following century. So, for example, by the 19th century, we can't really find any examples. And this might very well be due to the, you know, sort of the prim and proper sort of attitude that, well, the Victorians in the UK had, but that it was a similar sort of um, thought and feeling throughout Europe. But... Um, Throughout Europe, during this, you know, the Baroque times and the Renaissance times, so sometimes they were used in gardens, sometimes they were used in cities, and they were, as I mentioned before, they represented different times. So I can give an example if you're interested. Would you like to hear about some? Of course, yes, please. Okay, so in Prague, in the Wallerstein Garden, there's a fountain there dating to 
1599. And it's called the Venus Fountain, or another name is Venus with Amour and Dolphin. And this is quite interesting because it features a naked lactating Venus holding hands with Cupid. And Cupid is standing on a dolphin whilst urinating. And so both Venus and Cupid are also spitting water simultaneously. So Altogether, this composition um, sort of it represents love and fertility. And this is another sort of train of thought with the lactating fountains. That was also seen throughout Europe during this time. And you also get you often get the pairing between the urinating pyramingans and the um, lactating Venus or the lactating goddess. So I thought that was, you know, it's quite interesting to talk about. Yes. Well, I give extra points of a degree of difficulty for urinating while standing on a dolphin. I, think. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the same sort of composition can be used to mean different things. So uh, a similar fountain um, in Copenhagen in Denmark is called the Charity Fountain. And in that particular um, composition, there's a bronze fountain depicting the goddess Charity. And she is pregnant. She's holding a baby in her left arm. And then at the same time, she's resting her right hand on the head of a small boy by her side. So, you know, probably her son. And water flows through her breasts. And the, the little boy is also urinating. And this whole thing is said to um, sort of symbolise charity and the charity and benevolence of the king. And we can kind of get that because it was commissioned by Christian IV in 1609. And this fountain became one of the main water supplies to the city. So we can see ah. it was representing his benevolence and his sort of charity to the city. This was a, an act of good public, you know, sort of will. The same same characters can be used to mean different things. There's, I mean, there's a slight subtext, though, in, in taking your water supply from a urinating boy. It's a... I know. <laughs> but the thing is, at, during this time, because um, children, you know, are seen as pure, the water... Um, from a little boy was considered to be pure water, cleansing water. It was clean and uh, it had different connotations back then. It was just a, a pure pure of heart type of thing. They can also be playful. Um, there, are, there are some jets that, 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 know, that intended to take the, the bystander by surprise. Yes, that's true. So... Um... So we don't have any examples of the Pyramidians being a humor. Well, it is a humorous motif, but during this time, lots of these fountains were sort of incorporated into trick fountains where um, you're meant to sort of surprise onlookers by suddenly soaking them because they would be looking at a fountain thinking, oh, how lovely, maybe that's a statue. And then all of a sudden, they get absolutely soaked with water. So it was um, definitely humorous. And although we don't have any surviving examples of the Pyramingans motif, you know, suddenly turning on, I'm sure it was incorporated during that time because it was a humorous and theatrical experience. Did we know anything? We were talking here about, you know, sort of a classical um, style in the sort of the Greco-Roman sort of vocabulary mm. visually. But, of course, fountains are things which occur outside of that European culture. Um, yes. Do we know if these sorts of motifs were used in, say, the fountains of North Africa? Um, I don't, yeah, I'm, I don't know if any 
examples but that I mean I don't know them all but there might well have been I think there were definitely some it, it, it went over to America definitely during the um, you know the sort of 18 well definitely the 18th century and I think it spread down to South um, America but I can't think of any examples off the top of my head but the lactating fountains certainly did and they were sort of the popularity of those continued a bit longer than the Pyramingans motif and of course the, the Pyramingans is, is, I mean, if you go to garden supply shops anywhere in the world, you, you will probably be able to pick up uh, a peeing boy if that's what you want in your front yard. Yes, yeah, I think so. And I think maybe because uh, it only, requ- only requires one pipe, you know, to uh, work as a fountain, <laughs> a lactating one requires two, so maybe that's a bit more tricky to maintain. And that's one of the reasons, actually, why these fountains fell out of favour during the latter centuries because they were often part of a larger composition and required many pipes. So the ones I just mentioned with the Venus and the Cupid and the you know, the spitting, lactating and urinating. That's a lot of found, lot of sort of spouts and pipes for one single fountain. So sort of fell out of favour as a result. Amy, how wonderful. D- d- tremendous to be able to pick your brain um, on this, this slightly arcane but nonetheless fascinating topic. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It was lovely to do this. Thank you. Amy Boynton, Senior Properties Historian at uh, English Heritage and, and co-author of that 2020 paper, the, the Problems of Meaning and Use of the Pura Mingans Motif in Fountain Design, 1400-1700. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.